0: Welcome, I'm your host, Ramonda Jan, the founder of Women Thrive Media, visibility expert and inspirational speaker, I founder of this global community for women, so every woman who is starting or running a business can feel like she has found a place to belong. So every woman is empowered to use her voice and share her message with the world. Hello and welcome to today's podcast episode with one of our amazing guests from the Women Thrive Summit. Today, we're actually talking about your leadership with purpose that can change the world. And my guest is Lawi, a number one best-selling author of Unfolding Peace, Nine Leadership Principles to Create Culture of Well-Being, Belonging and Peace. Her work supports servant leaders and purpose-driven organizations to become powerful change agents by bridging purpose whole-brain leadership, and effective strategy in service to a better and more prosperous world. So Qatar, good to have you on today's uh, podcast.
1: Thank you, Ramonda. It's lovely to be here with you.
0: Where are you joining us from? Where in the world are you?
1: I am in Ottawa, Canada.
0: Nice. It, Canada has been on my list of places to go to, and I hope that this or next year I'll get to be there. <laughs>
1: I hope we'll have you here. It would be lovely. And you may want to wait until the after, after the winter.
0: Yeah, for sure. But hey, you know, every season is beautiful. Well, today we're talking about your leadership with purpose can change the world. And I'm very excited about this because I know a little bit more about your mission, your story, and why you do what you do. But of course, we're here to serve our audience and give them a little insight why leadership with purpose. So can you tell me why are we talking about this topic right now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's the best time to talk about it because we're at a time in history where so many people are looking for meaning and that's not really by, it's by design. I think there is a reason that so many of us are looking for purpose because we're also at a time where our basic needs are met and to evolve humanity, we have to step into evolutionary leadership. Which can only come from that space of being connected to a deeper purpose, to a higher calling, and to all our intuitive gifts.
0: Wow, evolutionary leadership. This is a new one I've never heard before. So tell me, what is your mission? What's your purpose, Qatar?
1: Well, my purpose is to support a world where everyone can live in dignity and peace. Mm-hmm. And so what I really do is I support leaders uh, to create environments where people can thrive and to do it by enabling self-leadership, but also by working on the deeper structural issues that we as a society have going on, part of it being the trauma in our social body, part of it being the um, uh, conflict that we have in many places, the cross-cultural or you know, the diversity that we're not yet able to use as a strength uh, in service to unity and, you know, just creating a better world where everyone matters.
0: Yeah. And for those who are thinking, well, I'm not really a leader. Maybe I'm a solo entrepreneur or, you know, I manage a small team. Am I a leader? I know a lot of people kind of think, can I be a leader? Yes, (laughs) How can we define leadership? Who is a leader? Is a specific person? Is it a job role? How do we define that?
1: Absolutely. Oh my gosh. So I would say to that person, I really want to speak with you. <laughs> and the reason for that is that I know what that journey is like. Um, I graduated from law school and law is a field that's perceived as a leadership field. Uh, we're perceived to be at the forefront of a lot of things in society. And yet it always felt removed from leadership to me. Uh, I never felt like a leader. And in fact, I felt that the more I I looked at first, the deeper I sank into trauma and into the opposite of success or well-being. And so what that did for me is that it launched me on this path of looking for that deeper meaning. And that opened up for me that self-leadership is really the starting place in fact it's the birthplace of collective transformation and so the leaders that are really changing the world today are leaders who are willing to go through the efforts that it takes to do the inner work to create different outcomes
0: yeah i i love that, that inner work and I do truly believe that anyone can be a leader. We don't have to have a job title or a role, but it does start with our inner leadership. Um, and then we can change the world. You know, I th- anyone can really initiate, um, you know, a mission, a purpose. And besides, for your own self-leadership, I think you need a mission and a purpose, I think.
1: I do. I have seen people who have tried to pursue, and I have in fact myself in the past tried to pursue uh, a a purpose, but from a very ungrounded, unsteady, and unclear place. Mm. And so it felt really wobbly for a long time. It felt like shooting in the dark in a way. But when I found my purpose, it really started to bring me into alignment, into a place where there was clarity, there was precision. Um, and being patient with the process really helps me get it um, hone in and get it really, I can't say perfect, there is no perfection, yeah. uh, but there is a method to the madness that purposes.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I hear a term new paradigm leadership a lot. Mm-hmm. What is this new paradigm of leadership that people are talking about?
1: Yeah. Well, I think new paradigm leadership is really. Everything that's beyond command and control, because the old paradigm was people leading from the front, uh, telling others what to do, how to do it, and when to do it by. Um, In in very plain terms, the leader would say jump, and the follower would say how high, (laughs) right? The new paradigm leadership is one that tells people, I believe you are whole. I believe you have answers within you. And my role is to enable you to work from your talents and your gifts, to enable you to have the self-leadership, to have the critical skills and the intuitive skills as well, to know how to act and to act in alignment with your own unique purpose and in collaborations with the values that we both hold dear. Oh oh my
0: God, you just literally described how I work.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's evolutionary leadership. That's why we're here oh,
0: together. It's hard. It's,
1: without knowing,
0: without kind of... I know I'm obviously a little bit different. My approach is a little bit different. And it comes down to my beliefs. And I think it does come down to our values and beliefs. And my values and beliefs, I believe, drives how I deal with people, how I create my organization, how I structure, and how I work with, with others. And I do feel like this is such a beautiful way for me to do leadership because... We don't, we don't need to tell people what to do and how to do it to get the best out of it we mm-hmm. have to empower them to be the best version of themselves and as you say inspire them almost to to follow the path because then they become self-empowered and for me it is all all about empowerment of other people that's that's my personal mm-hmm. kind of approach to it <laughs>
1: Absolutely. And you know, Ramonda, the thing is, we have these paradigms, right, these ideas and these beliefs that we sort of, um, we just grew into them, they're part of the natural psyche in society. And oftentimes, they say that that command and control model is what works. Uh, But the reality is that it doesn't work for anyone, because the leaders are often uh, losing their own wellness in the process, their own balance. Um, they feel the strain, the constant stress of that leadership, and that in turn turned them into in, it turned them into bad leaders basically, because they're constantly struggling and they're having to make way more decisions than they should. Mm-hmm. Whereas when they enable their teams, and this is very tangible, it can sound to a lot of people at first uh, to be idealistic. But this is really grounded. It's scientifically documented. It's very clear. I see it with my clients all the time. Uh, when, when leaders get really clear about their talents, they delegate to their teams based on their talents. They work based on shared values. Organizations flourish. People flourish. And I literally, you know, I was away last week and I came back to a client's email from, you um, an update from a year ago. Uh, I had worked with a client and his team to align the team, and the client uh, sent me the email saying that the team is doing great. People are feeling more, you know, enabled to step into their own leadership and to take, um, you know, to to just be more creative in the way that they're getting to outcomes. He's had more time with his family than ever before, and they are on their way to a record year in terms of income. Wow. And it's only February. That's amazing. Right? So it really works. There is a paradigm where everyone flourishes, including the planet, because we have a real imprint on the environment. And that's something we need to be accountable for to future generations. And so debunking that myth that it is either or is probably the biggest service that we can do to society.
0: Yeah. So for those who are working in organizations who perhaps work in the a little bit outdated models and there is a culture, because a lot of the times we as humans and as organizations, we work based on the culture that we're already in. And sometimes it prevents us from this new paradigm leadership or being different or the fear of being outcast in your own organization how can we start applying these principles in organizations that are not currently functioning in that in that respect
1: yeah well I think there are two answers to that and they go hand in hand what I would say to an individual that's working within a system is it's about self-leadership it's about getting the individual clear about what are their values how are they operating within their current environment and where there is disharmony, is the organization open to create an alignment? And if the answer to that last question is no, I would say to that person, perhaps it's time to start looking for something that's more aligned. And there are, of course, processes to do that. There are many discovery tools to do that. Uh, and so it's not for lack of resources, right? There are so many resources out there. If we're looking at it at an organizational level. I think the biggest predictor of success is when leaders truly want to have a new paradigm organization. If the leadership team is not on board, it's gonna be a lot of strain from those who are trying to bring change from the bottom up. And considering how much trauma we have in the social body, I would say that's probably gonna be a very arduous journey. And so for organizations that are willing to, but don't necessarily know how, then it's really just a journey. It's finding the right resources, finding the right people who are willing and able to bring that shift with the organization. Uh, And usually a great place to start is to look at the larger vision, look at the values of the organization, looking with integrity at the places where the values are not upheld. That's always a great gap to look at first. Yeah, such a great oh. tip. Sorry, Carrie. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And so then after that, it's really just about equipping the teams with you know, what I call the basic, which is conscious communication and collaboration. Because as long as we're not interacting from a conscious place, we're still in the old paradigm. We're using the old defaults, the old beliefs. And so we can't get something new based on the old we we have to learn to mine the gold of the old, get the gifts of the old, but really bring that with something new. Otherwise, you know, if we do what we've always done, we'll have what we've always had.
0: Yeah. Wow. It's so, so powerful. And the truth is the change is possible, but it does come from the people, the organizations and <laughs> from the leadership, from the leaders themselves. They have to be willing and ready to embrace change. Um, and things are changing. And I, what I I have seen in the last few years, especially since the pandemic, that people won't become very much conscious of the organizations they're working within, their roles within how the organization is upholding their values, their well-being, I think that there's a huge shift in that. And if the organization isn't aligning on those values, I think there's a huge migration of um, work, workforce at the moment.
1: Absolutely. Uh, and I talk about that in my book because I wrote it just towards the, the beginning of COVID. Mm -hmm. Uh, and in fact so it was written before and then I reviewed it but one thing that I was clear about before we even saw so much of this coming up uh, again in our social body it was clear to me that the future of work could not be anything like the past because the new generations have such different needs at such a young age yeah they felt what it's like to have security and so now what they're looking for is not survival they're looking to thrive wow
0: wow this is so profound and i've I've looked at some research of the new generations and what used to drive us you know uh, or the older generations in a workforce their work um, their concept of work workplace or job is completely different they they're not seeking for the same things that the old um, paradigm has provided it's a whole new shift in the culture.
1: Absolutely. And I think organizations will have no choice but to shift at some point uh, because those who don't will become obsolete, and both for employees but for consumers as well. Uh, Consumers find so much more value in purpose-driven products, products that have a meaning, products that sustain the planet. Um, Happiness is becoming important. And so products, I think, that are toxic, in their in their chain of making uh, are probably going to become obsolete in the next 20 years
0: yeah it's incredible it's incredible to be living in this time and space right now where there's so much change is happening and a real evolution i think evolution in how we do things and i think technology advanced so much but just outside of technology the culture shift uh, the mindset shift the growth of the people and what we striving for has changed so ultimately everything else needs to adapt to the humans evolving
1: absolutely and that's exactly where some people go into anxiety and worry about the future and where it's important to let them know that this time as critical as it is is a time of opportunity and all we need to do is to find the resources and the skills to turn the fear into possibility. Wow, beautiful.
0: i I do see that. And of course, there' is two camps, the fear camp and those who optimistic. And for me, I am, I've always been very optimistic. and I think if we maintain that optimistic uh, mindset and know that we can make a change, we ourselves, and when I say we, it's you, it's me, it's the person next door. Just Again, just because you don't have a leadership position, it doesn't mean you do not have the power to make a difference in this world. And for me, that's really, really important. Katara, I know you advocate a lot for diversity and inclusion, and uh, we have had a number of these conversations, but Mm -hmm. I know your perspective is a little bit different to perhaps how most people see diversity and inclusion. Talk to me a
1: little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Well, I will name the obvious. I am a woman of color and uh, a child of immigrants and having grown up and worked in a Western culture, I've certainly lived the impact of um, diversity and how we're dealing with it right now. And my take on it is that, first of all, I don't talk about diversity and inclusion. I talk about diversity and equity. Uh, Because equity, to me, is a social contract. It's a legal contract that we have with each other. Um, There is equality that's ingrained in the the laws of our countries. And yet it's not really uh, yet reflected fully in our cultures. And so the word inclusion has a power dynamic in in itself. Uh, Diversity is all about power dynamics and bias. And the word inclusion always brings up the question of who has the power to include who. Mm -hmm. And for me, one of the most important quotes that I absolutely love with this work is the one from uh, Archbishop Desmond Tutu that says, I'm not interested in picking up crumbs of compassion thrown from the table of someone who considers himself my master. I want the full menu of rights. And so I talk about diversity and equity. The other side of that, however, is I also think that the way that we're approaching diversity and equity right now creates what I call vibrational conflict. Because a lot of it is done from force. A lot of it is done from anger. And I understand anger as a human emotion. When we have felt wronged, it is natural to be angry. But the only way we will create a different world is if we hold hands together and we step into the differences that we have with transparency, with openness, with integrity, and with a real willingness to see where are we creating inequality or inequity and how can we correct it. But together, not at the expense of one identity that becomes vilified or a couple of dominant identities that become vilified. And so for me, it's if we lose sight of that, what we're looking for with equity is also a better world, then we're just going to recreate the same dynamics we've always created with conflict.
0: Mm. It's really powerful because there's there's a lot of changes. And I think there is a huge need for that change of how we see things. And again, it comes back to leadership. Um, Who do we allow to lead us and what's their values and what's their perspectives and how much do they create that equity in different environments um and i'm I'm quite observant of actually organizations and businesses or businesses i do business with you know Mm -hmm. how are they embracing diversity and inclusion because for me that that's important um i am also um you know a daughter of immigrants or I was an immigrant when I was young and I you know I really appreciated growing up in London and being surrounded with people from all around the world and these are the people I could relate to uh like in my school my school was very very diverse and I'm so grateful for those lessons because later on in life it made me realize that there are so many different people different cultures. All of my best friends had different, or come from different cultures. Mm-hmm. And that just deepened my understanding of people, mm-hmm. individuals, their cultures, why they see certain things the way they see. I think just being willing to have that conversation and embrace and just say, it's okay. We, we all have a part to play in this and this world. And we all have something unique and beautiful to bring to the world. We have to embrace that
1: yeah absolutely that resonates so much with me ramanda and um you know as a as a younger child growing up in morocco we had a very different relationship to differences and to diversity it didn't have this connotation of um exclusion that i've found in the west mm-hmm. i had friends from varied backgrounds going to different schools some of them to french schools some of them to spanish schools, some of them to jewish schools Mm -hmm. and we would just meet at the end of the day and all play together there wasn't all these categories and these boxes that we had to fit into we were just kids spending time together right and so there is something in the larger psyche social psyche um, that created shame around differences and I think if we can just tackle that and remove that shame and say you know what it is normal that we're different our differences are supposed to enhance our experience of life together not become a place of trauma how can we hold our differences with love and with care but that takes a mindset of abundance, as you and I know. It takes a mindset of not thinking that if you get more, it means I get less. And that also comes from purpose, when we know that we each have a place in the bigger design of life.
0: That's, that's
1: it. There's so much culture, you know, culture in
0: our society that guess needs to change and there's <laughs> mm-hmm. so many things in the world you know I, this is, has been amazing conversation from leadership to diversity mm-hmm. to self-leadership organizations I, I think this has just been so so juicy um qatar you're a speaker at women thrive summit and i know mm-hmm. you do a lot of speaking in your professional career as well tell me a little bit more about the talk that you have coming up in the women thrive summit
1: Yes, thank you. I am so excited about that. So the title of my call, of my uh, talk is Purpose-Led Leadership, How Your Purpose Heals You and Changes the World. And the reason I chose that title, as you know, Ramonda, is um, I started my journey to purpose from trauma, from a place of uh, enormous confusion, uh, having lost what I felt like all sense of direction in my life. And I've learned through my journey of aligning with my purpose, that purpose is like the universe's individual pathway for each person, like our own curriculum to greatness. And it's so beautiful the way that the universe just gives each person the lessons that they need to grow through to turn their their wounds into wisdom and turn their trauma into their greatest light and potential and At this time in history, I think the more women can do that, men as well, uh, but women do have a larger impact on communities right now. And so the more we can step into that, the more we can say, you know what, if she started from trauma and that's where she is now, I can do it too. I think the more we'll just amplify the message and we'll be able to impact women, which I know we are deeply passionate about as well.
0: This is so inspiring (laughs) and genuinely. This is just so, so beautiful and overcoming trauma. I know this is something we talk a lot during the summit. And, you know, if you can come from that, and as I say, uh, step into your personal power and leadership. And that's why I admire so many women on this Women Thrive stage. Because it takes a certain level of courage and self-awareness and passion and commitment to stand on stage and share our vulnerable stories in uh, in hopes that this is going to transform somebody's life. And that's has been amazing. And I've seen, you know, the power of transformation. I've seen what happens when people do participate in events like this. And, you know, I always say that creating a safe space for all of us to grow to be ourselves, to be empowered and to grow through and grow through whatever it is that we're going through right now, Mm -hmm. when we share the safe space and we share our experiences within it, it truly is life-changing because we start to realize we're not on our own, we're not alone in this journey and there's ways of overcoming it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, Ramonda. I I always say when women come together, we activate a different future. And I know that for myself and many of the women on this journey, we're so grateful to you for having brought us together into this space and um, for truly walking the talk of, you know, having difficult conversations when it's needed, for uh, understanding when, you know, we're not able to do certain things and really embodying the ideals that we talk about in in this journey. Um, you know, just a very simple thing, the self-compassion that you always call forth when you say, you know, if if you didn't do this, that's okay. You know, you can still get to it. And there's just so much embodiment of all of this work that we do together as women. And so it's a beautiful container that you've created. And I really look forward to many, many, many women stepping into it with us. Um, it's hard to find spaces where there is that level of integrity. So I just really want to say thank you for that, Ramirda. You're making me cry. (laughs)
0: You know, I'm a little emotional (laughs) sometimes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and that's human. That's human. But you've really embodied that type of leadership. Thank you.
0: I appreciate that. I really do. You know, I just, I don't know. I've always been very much an empath and I feel and, I know there's always some things that get in the way and sometimes we can try our best, but we've got to lead with love. I think mm-hmm. we lead, lead with love for ourselves and others. And nothing is so detrimental <laughs> that the world will fall apart, right? <laughs> and yeah, like in leadership, and this is what I'm realizing, especially in like high pressure environments, Things going to go wrong and some things you know going to fall apart or people are going to disappoint you but you just have to keep going and you just have to address it and have compassion mm-hmm. even through it and not allow relationships or not allow the structures to fall apart because something goes wrong because we're all human and actually mm-hmm. at some point something will go wrong but you just have to find a way to recover <laughs> like in life <laughs>
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we can count on that going in, right? And when we know that as leaders, we just know what what do I need to look out for and who am I gonna be as a leader in the face of the unknown? Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the most important questions and honing the skill of being able to remain present and connected to possibilities, even in the most dire times and inspiring people to move towards those possibilities is probably every leader's highest calling.
0: I appreciate that. It's been amazing. Katar, thank you so much for a wonderful conversation today. And for those of you who are listening or watching this podcast episode, I would love to invite you to participate at the Women Thrive Summit. This is our annual Women Empowerment event that happens every March, the third week of March. This year, we have 50 amazing women taking part in the summit. And I don't think you will be disappointed because there's a lot of transformation. There's a lot of amazing topics, and a lot of inspiring and life changing speakers and talks for you to attend. And we take a really holistic approach to business and personal development. So you can expect to work on your purpose, your confidence, your mindset, your healing, as well as very practical things around business. So, marketing, visibility, as well as finances, and many other things that any business owner, leader, entrepreneur, or just individual who is interested in personal development, this is a fantastic safe space for all of you to take part and participate. So head over to womenthrivesummit.com, register for your spot. And of course, do attend Qatar's talk because I think this is going to be also very much impactful. Qatar, thank you so much for our conversation today.
1: Thank you so much, Raimunda have a great afternoon
0: thank you and we look forward to seeing you on another episode make sure you share this podcast with someone who you think this will inspire thank you for now take care thank you did you enjoy this episode share it with the world make sure to also leave a review and subscribe for future episodes